Hi, my name is Courtney Otten. And I'm Emily Bruckner. And welcome to the Hot Heel Girl podcast. Two holistic health practitioners helping you get to the root cause of your health issues and live your best Hot Heel Girl life. So, for those of you that are coming from M's page, don't know me, if you're coming from my page, don't know her, or if you just found us on a whim and we're so happy to have you here, we're going to do this podcast about us, our stories, our journeys, how we even got here, let you know a little bit about why we dove into the, our health journeys, right? Mm-hmm. It always comes from personal experience. That's what brings us all here, but yeah, M, I'm going to make you go first. Tell me- okay all about your upbringing i know you had a crunchy family i want to hear about them i want to (laughs) hear where your health journey started okay yeah so basically like i've told you and if you've listened to some of our other stuff yeah i grew up really really healthy um i don't feel like i have that traditional um place where everyone comes from where they didn't grow up healthy you know where they grew up with the standard American diet or whatever and then had health health issues later on in life or even as a kid and just didn't realize it Mm -hmm. so mine basically started the second I was born because I was born at home I was born with a midwife um my mom was that crunchy mom before it was cool um so yeah I was always eating the homemade food we had goats got them when I was five we had chickens I'm pretty sure we got them when I was eight so yeah we were always had the garden growing our own food making the bread my mom did all the stuff so I always ate extremely healthy and I didn't really know any different um obviously I always wanted you know, the other stuff, the processed food, because when I would go to either my friends or my cousin's house, they would always have the fun food, like the snack bars. And yeah. And I would be like, can I eat dinner over there? Because they have spaghetti sauce from a jar and it tastes delicious because it has sugar in it. Yeah. Cause it has all that (laughs) good stuff. Not that I knew it had sugar in it as a child, but I was like, this tastes good. That's how they pull you in. Sugar and marketing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I wanted all of it, but yeah, we never had that stuff in my house. Not that I was deprived. Don't <laughs> don't make it sound like I was deprived. I am very appreciative of it now. Yeah. Um, and I really did enjoy it as a kid too. Obviously, I didn't maybe didn't want to eat salad and homemade mayonnaise and um <laughs> all that stuff for dinner, but mm-hmm. you know, now as an adult, I'm extremely glad that it was that way. But um Yeah, so basically from the time I was born, um, my mom tells me a story of, like, I was her centerpiece when I was there, when I was a baby, and so she made homemade mayonnaise, and it's basically just, like, eggs, olive oil, a little bit of onion, whatever, so really good healthy fats, and that was essentially my first food, because they would just spoon-feed me mayonnaise. Oh my gosh. Like, laying in the center of the table, and I'm like, you know, that's honestly the best, probably one of the best foods. (laughs) Because, you know, everybody now is starting their kids out with bone broth and stuff like that. That's the trendy thing. And, like, avocado and, like, and mashed. Yeah. And you're like, mayonnaise yeah. is even better. Yeah. Olive oil and eggs, you know. So, yeah, that's where it started. So, probably from the time I was born up until about 16 or 17, I think I was, I like to think I was pretty, pretty healthy. And that mm-hmm. was, of course, thanks to my parents. Um, you know, but about that age... When I was a teenager, you know, I got my license, started driving, got a job, had a little more freedom. I could go through the drive-thru, go to Whataburger, get a Chick-fil-A biscuit if I wanted to. (laughs) I did rebel. I was like, that was my rebellious phase. Yeah. I didn't get tattoos. I didn't dye my hair. Um, You went to the (laughs) drive-thru. I went to the drive-thru. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't even go that often, but for me, it felt like it because we just didn't grow up doing that. So 
Yeah, and I would also, my weakness was Oreos. So I would go buy like the different flavored Oreos and sneak them into my room. Uh, and I am sure my mom knew this. She probably did. Like, yeah, I'm but sure she was she like, did. whatever. Yeah, and I did so many things that I look back on now and I'm like, I cannot believe, you know, that they never said anything to me about this or like didn't make me get in trouble for it. And you I'm just like, learn. I love them for that because, yeah. you know, they could have. They let me do so many things, honestly, that they had to have known about. (laughs) And I'm just like (laughs) so grateful because I feel like it was the best learning experience that I Mm -hmm. could have had and probably what I needed at the time, you know, rather than them just like taking it away and me getting in trouble for it. So, Um, but anyway, yeah, I kind of learned the hard way with eating that food because from the time I first got my period up until probably about like between 17 or 18. Um, I had a really good period. I didn't feel it at all. I didn't know when it was coming. I didn't have cramps when I was on it. I don't feel like I was moody. Maybe I was. I should probably ask my mom. <laughs> I'm sure she would say the opposite. But she might say the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I never was like emotional and crying. Yeah. And I had friends that would tell me, you know, like, like, how are you not just, like, crying all the time? And even, because um, I had two friends when I was about 16, and they had an older brother, and he was like, oh, it is awful in our house when the periods come around. He's like, because he has three, I think it was three girls in the house, oh, and gosh. he's like, I don't ever get a break. They're always crying, and they're always emotional, and you don't ever know what to say. And he's like, but you're not like that. He's like, I never see you like that. And so, I don't know. I'm sure I was, but (laughs) I don't feel like I was. But anyway, yeah, so about 17, 18, I think, I started getting really painful periods. And it was just, you know, going from not feeling them at all to being in bed up to, like, 12 hours. I would have points where I was, like, throwing up. And um, sometimes I would just throw up once or twice during that, you know, like 12 to 20 hour, four hour period. And then other times I would have points where I would be throwing up like every 30 minutes and, you know, there's nothing left in my stomach to come out at that point. So it's just Mm -hmm. me dry heaving or it's just me throwing up stomach acid. And then I would be in pain from throwing up, be in pain from the cramps. So I'm just there like doubled over, over the toilet bowl. And sometimes I'd just like lay on the floor because it was too much work to go back in bed and then just come back and Mm -hmm. have to throw up again. And then a lot of the times I would actually be hungry, but I just couldn't eat anything because it would come right back up. So, um, my go-to was like toast with a little bit of butter. Sometimes I could handle that celery or bananas. And I would just, like, eat tiny, tiny bites. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was the potassium or what, but I mean, celery is pretty much water, sometimes. too. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I would be so dehydrated. I would be, like, women, when they're having a baby, I'd be sitting there just, like, sucking on ice chips because even yeah. water, I couldn't drink very much water yep. because that would just trigger me wanting to throw up again. So I'd just be, like, so thirsty, but just... Um, I vividly remember just laying in the bathtub because heat obviously helped. Um, and I would just be like so cold that I would just be laying in the bathtub in really hot water, but then I would be so thirsty. I would be sucking on the ice chips. chips. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that for probably, um, I want to say probably until I was 21. Mm. between like 18 to 21, 17 to 21, my periods were not consistently that bad. It was like sometimes I would have really good months and I'm sure Mm -hmm. that was related to what I was eating because Mm -hmm. like I said, I didn't want to connect it to my diet because I was a teenager. I was working at the beach. I wanted to, you know, just enjoy summer, um, all the things. Mm -hmm. I wanted to eat what I wanted Mm -hmm. and I just didn't, didn't want to give up those fun foods because I was like, no, it it can't, no, it can't be this. It has to be something else. (laughs) But finally I'm like, and you know, my mom helped me realize this too, because she 
went through the same thing. And she's like, no, you have to pay attention to what you're eating. And so I think she got me the book by Elisa Vitti. Um, so women code Mm -hmm. and I was started reading that and that's probably what kind of fully piqued my interest. I would say like diving into the cycle syncing Mm -hmm. and everything. And if you follow me, you know, I still love cycle syncing. I still implement it. Um, I implement it with my clients. Mm -hmm. I've am fully convinced that is where people see the best results, you know, with healing their hormones when they can, you know, get into that cycle of not just focusing on your period week, but your cycle as a whole. But yeah, that book was big for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't have a cycle just five days out of the month, ladies. It is your entire month, whether that, whether that be you have a 28 day cycle, a 36 day cycle, whatever. Um, so yeah, I started implementing the food first because I've always enjoyed cooking. Like my mom made me start helping with dinner. I think when I was like seven and by the time I was nine, I was making dinner once a week, every night, Mm. not every night, but like one day a week I had to do dinner. Mm -hmm. So I've always liked cooking. So that was the first thing for me that I dove into was the food. And I was like, you know what? I got to stop going to the drive-thru. I got to stop sneaking Oreos into my room. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? The sneaking Oreos wasn't helping? No, it wasn't helping, you know? The canola oil and the sugar, just Mm. not helping. (laughs) Tasted delicious, but Mm -hmm. wasn't doing anything else. So, yeah, I dove into the food um, and then was able to regulate it. Obviously, it didn't happen right away if you've ever been on a hormone journey or anything. Hormones do not happen right away. They're pretty much, honestly, the last thing that Mm -hmm. usually regulates out, so... When people come to me and they're like, no one wants to hear that. Can, yeah, can I do this and it'll be just like fine by the next month? I'm like, probably not. It's going to help. Like, it's going to mm-hmm. be a great start. And you obviously want to continue doing this, but generally you're not going to see a massive shift from yeah. one month to the next. Some people do. Um, but yeah, so I just. Went in with implementing the food. I started researching supplements, and I have guinea pigged almost everything on myself. Honestly, haven't <laughs> we all? Literally, yeah. <laughs> I have tried so many things. I, I don't even know what all I've tried. Honestly, but yeah. So people just started asking me because I was able to regulate it, and they were still, you know, like a little bit painful, but. I got to the point where I didn't have to be in bed for 12 hours. Mm-hmm. I was not throwing up anymore, which was huge. Oh and so obviously, you know, people noticed and they're like, what are you doing? And so I just kind of would share what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And that was at the point probably when I was about, like I said, about 2021. 20, and I wasn't totally sure, you know, like what career path I was wanting to go towards yet. And mm-hmm. so I was just studying business and I was also studying actually animal nutrition. Oh. Um. Yeah, so um, I think it was when I was almost 22 was about the time where I fully started researching, you know, nutrition schools. Mm -hmm. And I had looked for so long um, because I was finally like, you know, I really like answering people's questions. I really Mm -hmm. like helping them feel better. Um, I love when people, you know, like come to me and then they're like, Hey, I implemented this and it actually helped, you know? And so I was like, this is what I want to do because obviously I've been around health my whole life. Yeah. And so I, it's just something I grew up with. So I did enjoy it and I, you know, like grew to appreciate it now that I was becoming a little bit more of an adult. And so I just started researching schools I went through so many of them you know like the IIN is the big one that everyone yeah sees or the NTP um so those were the ones that were always coming up when I was looking and I was like Mm -hmm. I don't know I just wasn't fully drawn to either of those schools and that's what you got to stick to you got to go with your gut yeah and so when I finally found the one that I went to um I was immediately drawn to because I had 
seen somebody else who had just graduated from there and they were talking about it. And I was immediately drawn to the fact that they combined not only nutrition, but they also combined like the spirituality and the psychology of nutrition Mm -hmm. and health, like all together. So it didn't solely just focus on teaching you nutrition Mm -hmm. basics. It combined everything together. So I was immediately drawn to that, you know, went and looked at it. And um, then I happened to hear a podcast like two weeks later um, from the Model Health show. I'm sure you know Sean Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And he was interviewing the founder of the school. Ooh. And, well, they happen to be offering $2,000 scholarships if you listen to that podcast episode. And so I was like, well, this is obviously meant to be because right? I just Literally. found it. And then just happened to hear that podcast because it wasn't a podcast that I listened to regularly. Yeah. And so I signed up and... As they say, the rest is history. Obviously, there's a lot more that happened in between. Oh, yeah. There's so much more. But that's... Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I got my certification, um, dove right in, and it's been actually three years as of two weeks ago that I graduated. So... (laughs) Yeah. So it's been a fun, fun, fun journey. Um there's still been a lot of ups and downs with my hormones. There um, always are. Actually, just this past two months. I don't know what's going on, but it's like they're rebalancing again. My period was like eight days late. Just randomly. Um, just got it this morning. Actually, no cramps. So <laughs> We love that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And actually, that's one thing that kind of got me into Cellcore too, was because my period was getting a little bit worse again. And I was, you know, like going into trying all the things. I felt mm-hmm. like I had tried all the things. Um, and I was just having these like little symptoms that the herbs weren't working on. The magnesium mm-hmm. wasn't working on. Nothing was working anymore. And so when I was looking at people doing cell core and, you know, like looking at what they were about, I was like, all of these parasite symptoms the little things they yep. all line up with what I'm still trying to get over and yep. I will say Cellcore is honestly like I just said it's not going to change in a month but the period that I had before starting Cellcore and after doing a month of drainage that was miles of difference in I love between that too <laughs> it was um like from probably like an eight on the pain scale to like a two Well, because think about how much you were supporting your liver and the rest of your drainage pathways, but like liver, especially, I mean, you know, obviously because of hormones, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure I was just dumping so much estrogen because I was honestly going to the bathroom, like between four to five, four to seven times a day. And like during that, like well-formed, like good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was (laughs) getting everything out and that's it's still my favorite phase like if I ever feel like I need a good just like getting some shit out Mm -hmm. literally I will just jump back on those products Uh, so yeah because I mean Tudka is like one of my favorite products and I'm probably like I said I'm probably gonna say that about so many products I am one of those people that calls everything my favorite but this is real (laughs) Tudka is actually the best but for some people it's too potent because it pushes all those toxins out Mm -hmm. yeah but it's so good it's so good for the liver holy cow i love it i still take tudka like every single day actually when i was um i'm sure you saw my stories but i was like practicing the muscle testing some more like with the pendulum on myself Mm -hmm. and my body wanted four tudka and i was like whoa Okay, <laughs> so I guess, of course, the most expensive supplement is the one you want, but that's how my life goes. So why you gotta listen? You gotta listen to what yeah. the body wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I t- had some really good bowel movements. So good. Yeah, it's getting it all out. We love that. Uh, I love hearing about your crunchy family because <laughs> it. My mom was definitely relatively more holistic, but like nowhere near your family like not even does not touch it even a little bit we did not have a farm we lived on only two acres not only but two acres of land you can't really have much of a farm on two acres of land that's all my parents had ours was spread out weird 
Like yeah, it wasn't. It, it does depend on like yeah, the terrain the, and stuff. exactly. I'm so. just yeah. I mean, like you totally could, but I'm like ours was just like the sides in the front of the house, not as much the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like yeah. random woods that they would have had to pull down trees. Anyways, we don't need yeah, to talk about the plot of land I grew up. It's on. It's very <laughs> flat here, so it's it's easy to yeah just clear it out. And then we also lived close to my grandparents too, and they had more property, mm-hmm. so you know it was. It was a good space for me to just run around and be a kid. I love that. I'm sure pick up lots of parasites. (laughs) Hey, whatever. It it helps kids get more resilient, too. That's, like, part of it. Yeah, my grandma always says that every kid needs to eat a pound of dirt by the time they're three. I used to eat sand. Like, every child eats something. Like, Um, I ate sand. And my mom now, that we know what we know, is like, you must have needed minerals. And I'm like, okay, maybe, (laughs) but, like... Maybe I was just a baby that shoved their hands in the sand on the beach and ate it. Yeah, every baby I know does that. (laughs) She's like, I would look and be like, oh, what are you doing? And you go, and shove it in my mouth. I'm like, oh, cute. Thanks for that story, mom. She tells everyone now every time we go to the beach. (laughs) Courtney used to eat sand. And I'm like, I still freaking do, okay? Just kidding. I promise I don't. Like my parents way back when. And I know, literally, I drink minerals. I drink salty marg, so is it similar? Probably. Yeah, I mean, it's um, just like basically what sand is. Yeah. Just not quite as crunchy. No, just not as gross. In like the late 80s, early 90s, when my parents were first getting together, um, they saw in, they're both business people, I forget which business magazine, like a little blurb on Whole Foods, which is so funny to me. It was only in Texas. And my dad like reaches out to the guy and is like, if you want any new investors, like, let me know. And this is when Whole Foods was one location in Texas. And the guy's like, well, we're looking to expand expand to Florida first. But like, if you ever, you know, need, like, when we get there, maybe I'll reach back out. And then that was that, like, never reach back out. My dad's like, I should have touched base with the guy again. Like, imagine if I had been one of the early investors in Whole Foods. And I'm like, can you imagine? Right. I actually had no idea they started in Texas. Yeah, their uh, flagship is Austin. That makes sense. Yeah, but he was like, you know, it's just funny looking back. Like, I tried to invest in Whole Foods, and he wasn't looking for what I was trying to give him at the time, but, like, should have rounded back. I'm like, Dad, your idea was good. You knew. Because they, yeah. like, went to their local small little organic market. And so, like like I said, my parents are literally nowhere near yours. But, like, they were both very into fitness, into, like, health. And I'm saying that in air quotes because, like, they ate well enough. They totally did. Mm-hmm. But it was not everything on a farm, like gardens ni- and stuff. The 90s version of Exactly. Health. And, like, so they totally ate well enough. Mm-hmm. But it's just. I mean, I'm not saying that we, like, 100% no, but self-sustained I definitely. Farm, but that's, like, but phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, all I mean, of it. I'm like, you had goats and chickens. We did not have yeah. goats or chickens. <laughs> yeah. We had milk, eggs veggies yeah mom canned stuff but yeah we were not anywhere near that but again they did the best they could right and so Mm -hmm. we didn't have a lot of the fun foods when we were younger and then as we got older we apparently were the most annoying children in the world that my mom eventually gave in to some of them (laughs) so like for a while like I remember my one friend I loved sleeping over because they would have Krispy Kreme donuts for breakfast and Mm. I was always taught donuts aren't breakfast they're a sweet like they're a treat which that's 100 percent right <laughs> but i didn't yeah. like that answer as a kid <laughs> but as a kid you wanted krispy kreme like, i breakfast. wanted krispy kreme for breakfast but she was also right i would literally eat a donut and be like i'm hungry so yeah. surprise surprise mm-hmm. my mother knew better yep and then i so all this happens i am seven years old and i started getting jaundice so yellowing of my eyes really fun Mm -hmm. and so took me to all the doctors did all the testing they couldn't figure out anything liver levels 1200 and 2400 for ast and alt and if you don't know the uh standard range is less than 40 (laughs) so very very high liver levels and so they just said i had autoimmune hepatitis which just means you have like a autoimmune liver disease that's just what they named it at the time because they didn't have any other words for autoimmune liver disease so I go I do all the traditional stuff put me on prednisone put me on imuran put me on the drugs and then it was fine by the time I was like 10 weaned me off the drugs I was fine and then I relapsed again when I was probably 11 or 12 
So they're like, oh, liver levels are up again. Nothing near where they were the first time. But they're like, we have to put her on prednisone and everything again. My mom was like, no, thanks. And they were like, what do you mean? She's like, we tried your way. It worked for a little, but it didn't work. Now I'm going to research. Unfortunately, like my mom's always been a little bit crunchier than my dad, but he's always been full support for everything. So like, obviously that's what you need. (laughs) That's good. So he was like, okay, you do your research. This is 2008, mind you. So like Google obviously exists, but like the amount of information on the internet is so much less than it is right now. And so she's researching, she's looking up all these holistic people. She's finding all these random internet people. I'm grateful now that they like weren't crooks, but like who would have known at the time? And then like, so pretty much the protocol she had me on was like things that help induce glutathione couple of liver supplements that like boost the liver health and then like superfoods like moringa no one knew what moringa was at the time it was weird we got it in a sketchy package that didn't even have a nutrition label and like something that was very similar to like a gut healing supplement and that was like what she had me on took me off gluten obviously I hated it as a child but I also didn't want to be sick so whatever and I healed surprise surprise she did it and she was like thanks doctors but no thanks And so healed my liver, totally fine. Years go by. I'm living my best life. I'm a teenager. I'm drinking, even though I know I had a history of a liver disease. Like, it's not like my parents didn't have this conversation with me. Like, don't drink, not good for your liver. I lasted longer than most of my friends because everyone tried to pressure me to drink, not like in a weird way, but everyone was like, why don't you try it? I'm like, no, my liver. And then I was like, you know what? Screw it. You only live once. And like in my case, do you really say you only live once? But like whatever. 17-year-olds are dumb. And then I go to college and I eat all the garbage and I drink all the stuff. And I definitely weakened my body like crazy. And I'm in my senior year of college and I literally had the worst digestive issues imaginable. I would walk to class and had to dip off in school buildings because I thought I was going to shit myself. Like, I'm not even joking. I would have to panic find bathrooms. And I know that there are people that are going to listen to this and be like, wow, good for you for saying this out loud. But like I on all my breakthrough calls, like not all of them, but plenty of them, people tell me they have this issue. And I'm like, okay, fine. We have to talk about it. If I have to be the one to take the bullet, I will. But (laughs) it was awful. And I knew I was treating my body shitty. I knew it's because I was in college. I was eating... I was eating okay. It wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. I was eating mostly organic, mostly vegetables, but I still ate all the gluten. I still ate all the processed foods. I still drank. I still ate when I drank and I still drank a lot. Like it could have been worse, but definitely could have been a lot better. (laughs) Yeah. And so I was like, whatever, I'm just going to wait till I graduate college to help myself heal because it's like senior year. Stupid, but like go for it, Courtney. I graduate. I go immediately so far to the other direction I definitely had candida and like a bunch of other gut issues. I go on a strict candida diet. So I cut out literally everything right out of college. Cut out alcohol, cut out all that stuff. Gluten, dairy, soy, anything. I just ate my first banana in five years the other day. Wish I was joking. It's just also like for a while it was because of candida and all that stuff. But then I just didn't want it. Bananas. Like it wasn't anything that I desired. Uh And so started doing all these candida protocols on the internet never worked with a practitioner for a couple for like six to eight months I just did things myself I was like okay I'm going to control what I can control which is my diet which is like trying to reduce my stressors which is not doing HIIT workouts right because that's awful for your gut and a lot of other things in terms of stressors and then oil pulled switched over my makeup all non-toxic products got a Berkey like because it's not like my parent, my mom like was in this space anyways, because once she healed me, she wrote a book on it. So she was totally in that space. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, mom, we're going to do this. And I just decided to go all in. Cause I was like, I'm not going to th- be worried about shitting my pants at the age of 22. Like that's so upsetting. Like how demoralizing is that? Yeah. And so did all the things under the sun, took all the leaky gut supplements ate raw garlic to try and kill candida like lots 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 and then I went to one practitioner she muscle tested me I was a little skeptical on it just because she didn't muscle test me with like the things in her hand she muscle tested me with like writing it on a piece of paper so that's why I was skeptical because I'm not saying it can't take off on the energy right but like for me wasn't sure about it Mm -hmm. but when she puts like a supplement in her hand I'm like okay I believe that right like you're holding the supplement 
Yeah. So we do that. It was fine. She told me lots of parasites. I did like multiple rounds of parasite cleansing and like that was it. And I was like, okay, I'm still feeling like garbage. Then went to another practitioner, shelled out almost $10,000 to work with her for like three months. That was including supplements, including testing. Yep, because she was supposed to be the best of the best. I'm not going to say her name because I'm sure plenty of people here actually know who she is. She was supposed to be phenomenal in the functional space. Stool tests, food sensitivity tests, all that stuff that I don't run with my clients anymore. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So between all of it, it was like almost 10 grand. And yes, I was 23 and that was not in my budget. My parents helped me and I was incredibly grateful for it because I, come on, as a 23 year old, do you think that I had 10 grand saved? Like I had a good job, but I didn't have that money saved. Yeah, I certainly didn't at 23. No. Do you ever look back and like regret that you did all those stool, like paid that for the stool testing and the food? I don't because at the time, so I... At that point, I'd been on my journey for almost a full two years, and I was like, I've done all the baseline stuff, right? I've done everything that I could in terms of diet, in terms of all these random things. Like, I need testing, and that's what I was convinced. I was like, I need someone to tell me what's going on in my body because if I could speak to it, it would be able to tell me, but, like, let's be real. My stomach's not telling me there's SIBO, there's candida, all that stuff. So that was what I really wanted at the time. I was convinced that was what was going to heal me, and... She put me on a fancy candida protocol and a leaky gut protocol that was tailored to me, not to someone else, but that was pretty much it. And then it was fine. I healed. And then the month after, it all came back. And this happened every time I did a candida protocol. I did like three or four. And they would always come back. And I was like, it can't, like, it can't be just me, right? It can't just be my body. My body doesn't, like, I'm not going to live this way forever. You know, like, why does Candida keep coming back? So that was my new quest. Why does Candida keep coming back? And then at that point, I just finished with her. It was right before the lockdown. And I started getting like a full body rash. And I was like, we just did a big Candida protocol. We just spent seven grand. And I have a rash a month after it. Like, you're joking me. That doesn't make any sense. If she had actually helped me heal, like my body wouldn't be doing this. And I did actually take a like... I always tell people, if you need a Band-Aid, take a Band-Aid. I did a topical steroid because I genuinely needed it to put clothes on and not have them be, like, ripping my wounds open, you know? Like, I needed Mm -hmm. it to go away because I needed to live my life. And then lockdown happened, and I was like, cool, I don't need this stuff anymore. I can walk around naked all the time because I did because I had to because I was in pain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I found out it was mold. Surprise, there was, like, a month later, there were, like, two leaks in my apartment. And then my house I'd lived in before, I lived in the top level of like a three-story house. And there was a big leak in my ceiling too. I didn't think anything of it. Very old houses, all of them. And then all these leaks start happening. And what do they do? They patch up the roof and they don't even look inside. Like both times. And I'm like, that can't be right, right? If it's been, if it took this long for it to finally come in, the moisture has been building. Mm -hmm. And surprise, I was right. It was mold. Because also I saw a bunch of people on the internet say like this, like this was my mold rash or like my mold story, Paula Salas being one of them. I literally saw her rash and I was like, I had that. That's exactly what was in my body or what was on my body. And I was like, okay, we're going to target mold. So I did another protocol. It wasn't, it was like a standard, like a total cellular detox by Dr. Pompa. I actually liked it. It addresses drainage kind of, it just is too cookie cutter for me. But it was what I needed at the time to just detox my body. And I used a lot of extra liver support because, like I said, my mom does liver stuff. So I was like, Mom, send me the liver vitamins. I know I need help. And she was like, got it. And so we did all that. The rash healed. But I never, like, got to the root of all the things, you know? Like, I did – I detoxed my body, but I never really targeted more specific mold or more specific anything. And so, like, I was doing well for a while. And I was really happy the rash was gone. And then I moved to another apartment that ended up getting another leak. I'm telling you, (laughs) I couldn't do it anymore. And I was like, okay, clearly I got rid of a lot of mold, but clearly there's still mold. And then I found Cellcor. That was literally when I found them. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go on this comprehensive protocol. I'm going to start it. And then like, maybe I'll learn more as I go along and I'll shift. But like, there's no harm in me starting this. There's no harm in me seeing this out. Like, again, it's going to cost me money, but everything's costing me money. So like, I don't really care. So I started it and then I went to the muscle testing conference with you 
and they muscle tested me for crazy amounts of Lyme. Like literally, I was saying this last time, the vials came near me and I jumped back. Like so much Lyme all in my body. And I was like, that makes so much sense. Lyme made the mold exacerbate. I mean, all of those toxins, right? It's usually, I always say to everyone, it's like literally an onion. When we start having to heal you, we have to peel back all those toxin layers because it's always more than one thing. But so I was like, oh my God, Lyme, we love it. I'm so happy that I just have a word to like resonate with, to understand it. And then I finished the comprehensive protocol and I pretty much healed Lyme. My story's really long. I've had a lot of different pieces. Like it's very long and it's very in depth. And then I finished comprehensive and I was like, yes, Lyme's gone. And then I got the co. And if that didn't make Lyme symptoms come back in me that I didn't even know I had, I had really bad joint pain. I had aggressive brain fog and fatigue again. Like I never had joint pain. This was not a symptom of mine. And night sweats, which are, I believe, Bartonella, one of the co-infections, whatever it is. It knocked me on my ass. I was bedridden for four weeks. I lost 30 pounds. I had no appetite. I was literally shitting bile. Every, I, sorry, if, if this is too much for you, you're going to be in for a wild ride. <laughs> like I knew my gallbladder and my liver were not functioning properly because I obviously know all this information that I know now. But I, I mean, I still knew it at the time, but I couldn't take the supplements. Every time I took a supplement, I threw it up. My body didn't want any part of like anything at the time. <laughs> and I was like, I guess this is just going to take a little time, right? It took me almost two months to be able to live a functioning life, which I guess it's a positive. I quit my full-time job in Jan, like for the new year, I was like, cool, I'm taking my business full-time. And then I got so sick, I couldn't even really work my business for the first two months. So that was something in and of itself, right? I was emotionally upset enough about that, but I was like, positive is that like, I wouldn't have been able to work my full-time job. Like there was a 0% chance. I could barely get out of bed most days. I could barely, no, not even I barely, I didn't get through days without taking a nap. Like my body was, wiped the heck out <laughs> and so we beat Lyme twice we're excited about Yay. it oh my god and like you said like I my story is pretty much me searching for answers for myself for almost five years like I got all these certifications because I just wanted answers for me <laughs> like and can I just say you look freaking amazing now like thank you posted that com comparison photo the other day because for reference it's june now and you like got over this what in march it was pretty much march? the beginning of march when i was able to like get back into the gym and eat full meals like three full meals a day yeah so it's been like three and a half months and you yeah. look amazing i so love you just just saying <laughs> yeah it I took the picture mid-February because I remember I I mean it was hard to look at myself at the time like I knew that was not what I wanted to look like that was not how I wanted to feel obviously this is all this part chokes me up the first time I was actually able to get out of bed and go on a walk I made my boyfriend come with me because I was like I'm skin and bones like I'm struggling to walk right now like my joints were hurting and I was gripping onto him like an old lady and it took us like five minutes to walk like 0.1 of a mile like it was so it. slow. And that was when I knew, I know exactly. And I was like, okay, we've got to take this step, right? It's, <laughs> it's uncomfortable. And he was amazing. He literally took care of me the whole time I was bedridden. And I've always, if I didn't know I was going to marry him before, which I did, don't worry, I'm going to marry him. Like, <laughs> come on. He was amazing. Literally took care of me every single day while he was still working from home, made me meals that I could eat when I did. But so anyways, like, it was a long journey and that's why I post it from time to time because I'm like there really are people that are like it seems like everything's so easy now and I'm like yeah, my journey's literally more than five years <laughs> to go through all of it to get through all of the ups and downs and like you said there are always ups and downs mine have just maybe been like more aggressive peaks and valleys than most mm -hmm. but it's not like I healed and then I healed fine like the co knocked me down it was rude it was so rude <laughs> and like everyone asked me that and I'm like it's not that that knocked me down the actual symptoms I had were like literally fever and like for five days and then I tried to like be a person again and I took a couple of IS4 like doses and clearly that was way too much like my body was like nope we were trying to get over this and you pushed us over the edge and then all the flare-up things happened and like I literally could barely eat for like almost a month mm -hmm. Ugh. Gosh, but 
how did I get here? So then I just started doing education for myself. I was like, I just want to learn. I just want to learn. And I would talk to my parents about it. And my dad was like, so are you going to use this with people? And I was like, maybe one day, but like right now I need to heal me. Like I totally get that the value is probably to heal people one day. But for me, it was like, got to heal me first. Got to learn all this stuff. And like you said, do I regret spending all that money on that practitioner? No, because then I might've still thought that that was an answer for other people right? Like yeah. if that had healed me, maybe cause I, I have the knowledge to read all of those labs. Like I have been certified in them and IHP level two, like you read all those labs. And like, if that were the case, maybe I would have just done all of those labs with my clients, but mm-hmm. I don't because I was like, that did nothing for me. Yeah. And yeah. they're expensive and I'm not against spending money when it's needed, but I don't think they're needed personally same especially not off the bat right sometimes they maybe they are needed later on down the road but like off the bat if someone's telling you to run a stool sample and a food sensitivity test like literally save your money and run i agree like that's not where your money needs to go to first i mean i don't actually think it ever needs to go to a stool sample but that's just me but or a food sensitivity test. No. Waste, you're wasting your money. The question is not what's going on in your gut for those to answer. It's why. Like, you're, of course you're sensitive to all these foods. Of course you have bacterial overgrowth. And pretty much the only thing that food sensitivity or stool tests are accurate for is saying that there's an imbalance of bacteria in the gut. And maybe, like, E. coli but or something. Based off of symptoms, you can almost... You're going to pretty know. much guarantee yeah. that anyway. Exactly. And that's the thing. I'm like, okay, you definitely have an imbalance of bacteria in the gut, but I don't care. Like why, why is the mm-hmm. gut bacteria imbalanced? It's not like it yeah. wants to be that way. Your body, I always tell everyone inherently wants to heal. Duh. Of course mm-hmm. it wants to heal. It wants to be good functioning, firing at all cylinders, but like there's something holding it back right now, which is okay. Mm-hmm. We all <laughs> literally take my story alone. Like we all go through it. I'm like come on we do yeah I'm like yeah and also I know I said this last time so like if you're doing the math and you're like when you were seven you got sick isn't that when you said you got Lyme surprise yes (laughs) surprise I got Lyme as a small child and like we didn't why didn't it flare up in my body throughout my life probably because I was keeping it relatively healthy I was treating my body pretty well and then when all my toxin bucket decided to overflow, that was one of the pieces that was obviously pushing it over. Wild. You love it. I'm like, yeah. Yes. We love a good story. Oh, no. Yeah. I've, mm, I, that was the most condensed version I could give because I was like, I don't want to talk for 45 minutes about my story. Could I? Yes. There are so many peaks and valleys I could tell you about. But those were all the like high level things because like now I just, you know, recently got my new piece to add (laughs) this past year. Wow. Surprise. (laughs) Got more to add. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's a good addition, though, because, um, you know, it shows people that go through the same thing that there is other people out there and there's people in the health space Mm -hmm. that still go through the same thing. You know, like even if they feel like they're doing all the right things, sometimes and I was. there's just that one thing that hits your body <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's just a little too much at yep. the time and you still might have things that you need to, you know, work get through. Out. Yeah. So. And like I was still taking all the Cellcore products. I was still eating the same diet I eat. I was definitely more stressed because like I said, I was gearing up to quit my job and take my business full time. So like, yeah, I was yeah. more stressed. Okay. Like I get it. And I was coaching fitness classes because I wanted to do that as I had my business full time. And then obviously mm-hmm. I had to quit because I couldn't literally get out of bed. You think I could pick up a dumbbell? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I was, I mean, again, more stressed, but like just, it was too much at once. My body was like, you're not going to rest. We're going to make you rest and not only rest, rest hardcore for two months. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes I think those things are just your body saying, hey, you need to slow down. Yeah, it was definitely my nervous system. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of nervous system stuff, too. And I totally get that. I didn't want to accept it at the time. Mm -hmm. 
but yeah like if you're and I'm not saying that like it's not gonna happen to people right like it doesn't have to knock you on your butt this thing out there it doesn't but for me it was just that it was an imbalance of stuff at the time and my body was like you thought you wanted one more lesson here we go and I was like I didn't ask for this but okay sure yeah and that's another good point to how stress and emotions yes. you know like work with your body because that's any time that I get sick and I got sick like three times this past winter and I was heckin stressed as all get out yeah. like like from planning the wedding and I was insanely busy because I was oh working gosh. like six days a week and I was just like ah all the time yeah so it's really I mean stress really is always the straw that breaks the camel's back Mm-hmm. It is always like you're thinking, okay, I'm doing most of the right things, and stress is just like, yeah, we're gonna tip it over. No, you're not. Yes, <laughs> it's great. No, it's so true. Stress really is that. Oh, I'm like, no, because I was crazy stressed, and I knew it because I was like, I have to take on all these clients because I'm taking my business full time. I have to work, and again, I was still working my full time job. Like I was still, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say working in air quotes because like I didn't do that much towards the end. I totally (laughs) tried to avoid all responsibility (laughs) for them. And then I was working on my business pretty much most of the time. Sorry if you work for Bank of America and you hear this. Oops. (laughs) My bad. Yeah, because I was in finance. So, like, it was definitely not my passion. I was just, like, it paid pretty well. And as I was going through all these health struggles, as I was investing in my business, I was like, obviously I'm keeping this job because it is what is making me able to take these certifications. It's helping me pay for all these supplements and all that good stuff. So like it was what was definitely needed at the time, but then now I'm here. (laughs) Now you're healing everyone else. Oh my God. I love it. It's so running your own business is a journey in and of itself. We need a whole podcast on that. Cause like, it's an emotional freaking journey, but like also the days when like you just allow yourself to enjoy it. Holy cow. I love this. I love this life. Yes. I love just like waking up every day and being excited to work mm-hmm. versus other jobs that I've had. Not the case. Oh yeah. You think I wanted, well, <sighs> did not want to work in finance. <laughs> I thought I did when I graduated college. I was like, ooh, it's going to be so I mean, I feel fun. like you hear that the paychecks are nice, and that's what makes you excited. The funny part about it is, like, I was actually not one of those people, so I liked my internships. I also need to preface this. I met my current boyfriend at one of my internships, so maybe that was part of the reason I liked it as much as I did. But I, like, genuinely enjoyed working at those companies. I didn't work for Bank of America, but it was just, like, smaller banks. I enjoyed working there. I enjoyed the people. Like, I thought it was just fun to be around all these people and joke around and, like, do some work. And I did plenty of work as an intern. These companies literally thrived off of having interns. And so I was like, that's what it's going to be at Bank of America. Like, we're all going to have fun. Like, I'm going to like the people. And don't get me wrong. I like the people I worked with enough. But, like, then a lot of them left to go elsewhere to, like, further their career. And I'm like, wow, this is not as much fun as I thought it was going to be. Like, maybe it goes to trial naive I am because, like, I loved working at a bank as an intern. I was like, this is so fun. I go work here all the time. It's, I mean, you know, gotta have, gotta do what you can. It's who I am as a person. I'm literally yeah. a professional hype woman. That is my job as a, as a health I practitioner. I can see that. I taught fitness classes for three years. Professional hype woman should be my job. Did you teach spin class? Because I feel like you that's the only one I didn't vibe. teach. That's like really? actually the only one I didn't teach because I never really liked spin. I only I hate spin. I only like Soul Cycle. I don't really like we regular spinning classes. Here, so Ooh. if you travel, you should definitely go. It's so fun. It's just like a party on a bike. That's why I like it so much. So if like other classes have places that it's like a dance party on a bike, I love that. But like I don't like traditional spin. So that's. That's the only one that I've tried was a like new cycle club that opened down here. And I feel like they're similar to Soul Cycle. Could be. Because it was kind of like a dance party vibe. I love the dance but party. I guess maybe the reason I don't like it is because I went there and like they knew I was new. Like I'd never done it before because you fill out the thing and yeah. you select that. And I feel like I didn't get any instruction. They're just uh-huh. like, here's your shoes, here's the bike. 
Yeah. And so I'm like struggling the whole time, like trying to watch what other people are doing, trying to figure out how to adjust my bike, like what I'm supposed to be doing the entire time. So I feel like I was like two steps apart, but like behind the whole time. Okay. If and we go I to Eco, like... we have to find a spin studio and see if you like it. <laughs> okay. I don't even spin anymore. I just, cause one soul cycle is so far from my house. I just did it for fun, but also they only let you go now if you've gotten the shot. Ah, okay. And you know who I am as a person. <laughs> I do know because I'm same. Yeah. You know, one of us. But no, if you end up coming to Boise, we're going to find a spin studio and see if you like it. That I do truly think that like your first class can make or break how you feel about a fitness experience. Because like if it's not welcoming, if you don't get the proper intros and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It just can make you not want to go back. But also, were you late or did they just not help you? No, they didn't help me. Oh, well, that's rude. I was actually fairly early. Mm. Like, I was one of the first three people that were oh, there. Oh, that's just rude then. Because, so. like, a couple of my first fitness classes, like, Solid Core, which I taught for over a year, my first one I ever went to, I was there just on time. Mm. Because we hit a lot of traffic. So I was like, well, mm-hmm. that's life. We're still going to show up. And I literally remember the girl being like, okay you're here, you're here, good luck. And literally had to turn on the mic and start teaching. And we were like, okay. And solid core is like a mega former Pilates thing. And it's also like Pilates on crack. Like it's loud, it's dark, it's a lot at once. You don't know what move you're doing. You have to constantly look at the people next to you. It's just a lot. And even teaching people, I would always be like, take this first class with a grain of salt, try to have as much fun as possible listen to me and look at the people next to you right that's it because it's a lot and then people leave and they're like oh my god what did I just do and I'm like yeah I get it right but I just remember my first class leaving and being like I don't think I'm ever gonna do that again Dan my boyfriend love him he's done all these things with me he's like it was okay and I'm like not into it and then I taught it for literally a year and like I still take casts all the time I'm obsessed with it not the case for me with spin no that's okay I totally get it because also part of it is like setting up your bike too so if you don't set up your bike correctly it can be very Mm -hmm. uncomfortable and then yeah and see I didn't know that I I didn't know that I had to adjust my bike and so Mm -hmm. I get on and I'm like what the heck is going on and they're like jumping right into the class and I'm like how how the heck do I do that and then one girl did come in late and she's adjusting her bike so I'm like trying to do the thing and like watch what she's doing (laughs) so it's a lot yeah Anytime you have to set up a machine, like especially that where you have to set up like a bike, like bikes, Mm -hmm. because there's the seat and the handles. So you have to set up two separate parts, like the height of the seat. Now for anyone listening, I don't even teach spin, but it's supposed to be to route your hip bone, the height of the seat. And then you make like a T with your arms. So that the distance between like your whole forearm should probably be around where the the Mm -hmm. handles are. Yeah. And I didn't know any of that. And And see, I have, I have social anxiety anyway. So for me to go by myself to a new place, to a new class, to a new thing that I've never done before, mm-hmm. I'm like already overwhelmed. So I think that was just like the tipping point for me that they didn't offer any assistance, even and though they asked they totally who was new. Yeah. They asked who was new. And you're like, and please help me. <laughs> yes. I like literally raised my hand and they're just, okay, have fun. And I'm just like, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> No, that's totally on them. Like, and I taught at Orange Theory too. On in Orange Theory, they have a whole intro process, like a whole thing that you're supposed to go through with a new client, like on each setting, like the tread, the rower, and the floor. And then for mm-hmm. Solid Core, like they do tell you pretty much what to say to the new people, but like, it's not as much of a template. Like in Orange Theory, it's much more of a template. So like, I always, I feel so bad when it's people's first classes and like you can tell it was not a good time yeah well half the time in orange here i'd go up to someone and i'd be like so you know what you're doing and they'd be like no and i was like in my head like i know you don't know what you're doing i can very much tell (laughs) that's why i'm asking (laughs) glad you're honest with me though (laughs) yeah it's a wild time (laughs) i still love fitness i would still do it again it just the right place at the right time for the right compensation hasn't come up, you know? Cause like a lot of the time mm-hmm. fitness is a fun job, but since like I run my own business, I don't need to take time away from here to make $20 an hour, you know? Yeah. 
That's kind of how I feel about it too. But I love it. So not much. that I don't really have interest in teaching fitness oh, classes so much. But <laughs> I'm not even joking. I was up last night. Why? Please tell me. Laying in bed, ready to go to sleep, thinking about teaching fitness again. And I don't currently teach fitness. I haven't for like almost six months now. And I'm like, wow. If I did this, that, this, that, and I'm like, oh my god, chill. You literally don't teach it and go to bed. <laughs> and then I told Dan, and he was like okay, so this is why we don't teach it right now because you just think about it all the time and you get anxious. And I was like, is that what this is? <laughs> oh, okay. You don't want to flare up your lime again from getting anxious. <laughs> I, I, I'd be fine, but like I totally could add it back into my life. I just, like I said, it has to be the right class at the right time for the right compensation. Which has Yeah, been. is it worth taking your focus away from exactly. like, what you're really passionate about? And like... If it were just for everything, solid core is my one true love. I always tell everyone, like, I would go back to solid core to coach if the compensation was different. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that because I don't want to make anyone think it's bad, but <laughs> it could just be not better. worth your time. Well, it definitely could be better for life. the amount of energy you put into it. It's probably yeah. the most energy it's ever taken out of me to coach a class but I also loved it so much so I didn't really care and especially like in my business where like I need to protect my energy because like I'm holding space for clients I have to give them my full attention all that stuff yeah mm-hmm. the energy for the compensation does not match up mm-hmm. yeah I think that's what made me stressed also during the winter because I was working like pretty much a full-time job six days mm-hmm. a week and then I also had clients on top of that and so like by the beginning of the year I was just like I, I can't do clients yeah, right something's now gotta because get. yeah I just I don't have enough time to hold the amount of space that yes. I need to hold for you and I feel like I cannot give you the proper coaching and the proper tools and exactly. what you need for me for what you're paying for me and so I can't take your money yeah, cause because you don't I feel can't good about you. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to tell like multiple people, you know, like come back to me in May because I will have the time and the space for you in and May. The energy so, and all that. Yeah. And that's where also I think that's something that people don't tell you about when you step into the space as a practitioner. Like if you have to take time away, it is okay. Like if you have mm-hmm. to not be able to take on clients at that point in time because energetically you can't or if you have a health flare up or something like that is okay. And I know I struggled with that because it was when I had just moved in my moldy apartment, I was just starting to take on clients and I had like two people and I was graduating them. And then I was on all these breakthrough calls, but then I realized like I can like every time I went to go on a breakthrough call, I was like, just got to get through one more. And that's never the mentality I want to have about it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, clearly my energy can't handle this right now. Right? Like that's okay. If my energy can't handle this, I need to take a step away. So I shut down my practice for a couple months and I like just focused on my health, which was exactly what I needed. But it's such a hard emotional decision to make Mm -hmm. when you're like, I'm supposed to be helping other people. Like, how is it that I have to work on my health again? How is it that I have to like step away from my practice? But like, there's literally no shame in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't help people unless you're helping yourself. Exactly. Honestly. So. And obviously when I had the co, like I had a couple of clients and I was still seeing them. I think it was like three or four. I didn't have the most of the time and I was totally okay with that. And I shut down like taking on new people, obviously, because I was like, (laughs) this is funny. I can barely handle these clients right now because, (laughs) and I, because I had so few, I was actually totally able to hold space for them and give them what they needed because that Mm -hmm. was the only work I was even doing at the time. But like, I did not take on anyone new. I shut down all that. Of course, I could barely hop on a call for like three hours a week, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, there is no shame in taking care of your health and shutting down your practice. And I had to keep reminding myself that because like Christina Rice, who is not, I mean, she's still an NTP, but like she doesn't practice anymore. She, I remember Mm -hmm. when she got Lyme, shut down her practice and she was my business mentor. So I was like, oh my God, Christina can do it. I I should be doing that for myself. <laughs> yes. I was like, if Christina can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sometimes you need to remind yourself that other people have done it, but also even if no one else has done it, that doesn't mean you can't. Yeah. I need that reminder for myself a lot. I'll be here for you. Don't worry. I'll be like, excuse me, <laughs> Em, take care of you. 
<laughs> that's what I need. Yeah. Reed's good for that, but good. Sometimes you just need a female to tell you to, I feel like, well. or someone that's not your partner. Yeah. Yeah. We like brush them off. I totally get it. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah whatever. And then someone mm-hmm. else says, and you're like, oh man, do I have yeah. to? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we wrapping have... this up, M, where do we find you? So you can find me almost everywhere across the board at Emily Joy Wellness. So Instagram, website, YouTube, Facebook, although I am not on Facebook very much, but that's okay. <laughs> you'll find me the most on Instagram. So just at Emily Joy Wellness Love it. everywhere. What about you? And you can find me at the T-H-E Rooted in Health my Instagram and my website. I don't think I'm anywhere else. I think that's literally it. Like my Facebook is still my personal Facebook. So like all my high school friends have to see my poop posts. Sorry, not sorry. But yeah, either look up. Oh, I'm on, I'm on TikTok too. It's new for me. I know. (laughs) You can either look up my name, Courtney Otten, and it'll come up too, or the rooted in health. Like I said, most active on uh, Instagram, definitely. And like my website gets updated enough but not all I'm not like I'm not posting (laughs) blogs all the time anymore if you have enjoyed this podcast we would love it if you subscribed we would love it if you left us a rating and review um only if it's a five star just kidding (laughs) (laughs) any ratings and reviews are all phenomenal we want to know what you want to hear about if you want to dm us tell us topics that you're interested in all this fun stuff Yes, that would all be amazing. Like she said, positive or negative reviews. Yeah, I'm joking. Um, we <laughs> we appreciate the feedback. 